Hello and welcome to uh, Digital Tune Podcast, Omar and Hari. So we're uh, we're on our uh, tenth episode uh, of our second season. Omar, did you did you think that we're going to make it to twenty? Well, I had some some doubts early on, but once we got past <laughs> one, I was like, we're on. You know, I felt like this was yeah. it. You know, like we were just going to hit hit the ground and we're going to learn as we go and you know what yeah it has been a journey um i feel um we are all you know somewhat um you know learning these new topics as well as explaining and articulating these to our audience with a lot of good feedback from our our our, our audience over season two uh which leads us into the the third season coming up soon um which we're really excited about we decided to green light that right yeah so, absolutely um, we're, bo- we're both, uh, you know, loving what we're doing, although we had some early uh, learnings and, and as we got, you know, more comfortable, we decided that one of the best ways for us to do this is via live and it gives us an opportunity to connect with our audience, uh, whether they are on li- LinkedIn, I'm sorry, on YouTube or on Facebook. Facebook Live. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to try and be as uh, consistent as possible on Thursdays uh, around 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock Eastern. But... Uh, guys, make sure that it, you know you subscribe and um, follow. That way, you get notified when we go live. Would love for you to come on board and, and share your th- thoughts and, and uh, feedback. Uh, we can see what you're typing in, so uh, we'd be happy to, to you know interact and, and uh, make this a fun experience for all of us. You know, we w- we would love that. Absolutely, and thanks again to everybody for a wonderful season. But as we get into our final episode. We this was a this was a unique decision for us to to finish on this one, but um, we decided to go on a path. You know, we talked about autonomy and different things, but uh, we we decided to to focus in on cobots. I'm not sure if a lot of y'all know what that is out there, but uh, it's quite a fascinating realm. And um, if you haven't heard about it, it's been around for quite some time. It's it's evolved and it's gotten better. I mean, you might be thinking, what is a cobot? Is it like a robot or and such and such? But uh, you're on the right track. You know, the cobots and robots are in the same family. Yeah. Uh, however, cobots seem to be somewhat of a an application or technology that's been here for some time and it's being utilized in a lot of different applications, right, Hari? So, yeah. I mean, you know, I will tell you, I did not know what a cobot was until about, I would say, two years ago. And, uh, you know, since then, I've learned a lot. um, But I still say I probably don't know enough uh, because it's an evolving space. And what, what, you know, maybe let's start there. What's the difference between a robot and a cobot? I mean, why do we need a cobot when we already have a robot? Yeah, I mean, those are very interesting questions, right? I mean, uh, robots were 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 made to think robots are automated and, and designed to do tasks for us yeah. in an automated way, right? Where where I think the cobots really kind of maybe it's maybe cobots really are robots, right? This is kind of the this is kind of the uh, a unique thing of what I see. This is my perspective. It's uh-huh. like cobots are robots, but in a way, they're cloaked under a new name called cobots. And, and the purpose of the cobots, by definition, is it's a collaborative, automated or robotic technology that assists with a human 
in in a different type of application. Um, so think of it as a as your co-pilot or your co-bot assistant on doing um, a variety of things from repetitive tasks to heavy lifting to movement of objects to uh, different um, uh, tasks within a certain station or in a different arena uh, area that you might be doing. But what's confusing though is that's what a robot is. Yeah, I'd say that's that's what I'm saying. It, 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 it's confusing and it's kind of a, a unique thing. But robots, um, in general, seem to be more autonomous. They don't They're need safer. human interaction as as much as the cobots may need to have some, um, you know, signals or some sensories from from uh, a human interaction to continue a task, to stop a task, or to continue the process, right? Versus a robot may just be fully automated and just take that full task all the way through, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. And I think part of this is that it's very hard to get robotic technology to do a complete process or task. That takes a lot of time and effort. So. When I started thinking about cobots and robots, I almost feel like these robots are the are these cobots are part of the robotic future technology just being applied in certain segments or augmented with It's humans. almost like an evolution of robotic yes. technology. It, you know, we're not at the full robotic technology, but the cobots are definitely the bridge to help us get to that point. And I think this is where we see a lot of adapt adoption, much more quicker uh, to get the cobots, whether they're simple tasks or simple applications across this process, to be able to be ingrained in a lot of different um, uh, environments and applications where, you know, humans. I think that emotional factor of them feeling like they're at risk mm-hmm. of losing their ordinary tasks that they used to have. You know, maybe it took two or three people in a station to do something, but now it takes one with the the, the utilization of a cobot, right? Yeah. So they're seeing that, but they 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 still have some sense of um, being, like they're still protected in a way. Um, and I think that this window here is is that transitional that, phase. The, the transitional <laughs> phase. What's gonna is, happen? Yeah, of the next steps, and yeah. and I think I think most people do see that, and uh, I think it's a way for cobots to really integrate that technology and knowledge into the robotic technologies of so future. so cobots today have cognitive know-how that can be you know we've learned about cobots there that already have IBM Watson uh, technology built in so. They can be self-sufficient robotic technology called cobots walking around in your space alongside you, capable of thinking on their own. We're already there. Yeah, yeah, we have some of those applications. That, that that's kind of the level, right? You know, I always like to think of this as a process, right? If you want a robot to do the full process, you know, you got to think about how complicated is this process Mm -hmm. that you want to be automated and to be robotic. And maybe it takes a long time to get there, but you have, you can break these subsystems or sub tasks into different buckets, right? Mm -hmm. 
And I think this is where you can really plug in the cobot to be very specific, to use artificial intelligence, to use very minimal sensors, to be very specific, to be very accurate and precise, yeah. right? To get these steps done. And I think it's powerful because one, you start eliminating some of the human natural mm -hmm. error out of the, 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 the process. And two, you start to develop the system of systems mm -hmm. that are within that robotic framework, right? And right now, each of these systems are handled by cobots, but eventually, when you bring all this technology together... It becomes an army. It becomes a little bit of an army, <laughs> right? So, I mean, that, 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 it becomes a great little point. You know, I remember back when I was in my younger, younger days uh, talking about, you know, continuous improvement and, and different types of programs that would... Uh, you know, help, you know, improve the process, right? And everyone was always afraid of this because they thought that, you know, you're improving processes to get rid of two or three people, to reduce the workforce, to be more efficient. In a way, it's true, I'm right? That same, yeah, it, it, it's a true task, right? Yeah. But in a way, you know, we label it as, as a good thing for the organization. Of course, always. But, but in a way, it, you know, there's always casualties on the way. And it's the same kind of feeling that we get in this space between robotics, cobots, and the human factor, right? So, but there is also the element of, you know, so I think what you're hitting on is the efficiency aspect. Can a cobot do repetitive tasks more effectively, efficiently, saving you time and money? And, you know, that's just, that's just automation, right? That's, you know, not any company intentionally saying, hey, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get rid of my, my workforce today and, and replace them with cobots. But it's simply that a repetitive task is performed better by a robotic system or a cobot, right? But then there are scenarios where a cobot is better suited to perform a task, right? Where there is safety concerns. So there's, you know, there are you know, areas where uh, a, a human uh, may not be the best fitted uh uh, 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 a person, if you could say, cobot. I don't know if cobot is considered a person, but uh, a cobot can, without fatigue, right, work twenty-four by seven, <laughs> right? I hate to say it, they don't have to pay social security either. <laughs> you know, you you bring up a very valid point, right? And it and it and it, it is on the cost and efficiency equation, but you know. The one thing that it's not really analyzed is the risk, right? Yeah. What if the cobot goes down? What do you do? How Are you talking about a that? safety situation? Or are you talking about just a downtime just event? A downtime event? I yeah. mean, you think about the downtime challenges. If everything is so automated, one thing happens within that, that process. You hold up the whole flow, right? Where the human factor really can be creative. Yeah move things around get things flowing get 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 some things moving around so you lose that flexibility to be so rigid and focused but, but then you're assuming that the flexibility doesn't exist in your system of systems that you described before yeah well because I mean, we, we do that in. you have to build that right. in right? We, we today we do that with redundancy yeah absolutely yeah. you know and you know, and I always think, you know, you know, a very uh, near application that I think about, you know, we have lifeguards. If you just think about the lifeguard today yeah. out in the beach, that 
position of somebody going out trying to save somebody is a very risky and it involves a lot of uh, courage and, and skill for the lifeguard to go out and risk. You know, they're, they're going to have to risk their lives. Yeah. You know, you're seeing a lot of applications where you have, you know, floating devices that are automated that are going out to, to you know, automate, you know, robotics or cobots or what do you want to call it to go out and actually reach these individuals much faster than yeah. a typical life. So if you think about the technology and the application uses, it's here mm-hmm. and it's very um exciting i would say so i think um, we're uh you know whether it's safety critical or mm-hmm. whether it's uh you know sensitive handling you know I, i've come across some applications where even food processing for that matter yeah where the handling needs to be you know very specific sensitive a cobot might be able to do a better job by doing a repetitive task much you know in a, in a much different way than a human because there's variability exists in when a human does something right uh, or in pharmaceutical space, or even we, you and I talked about uh, surgical space in the in the healthcare field, oh, right? I absolutely. Mean, I mean, think know, about the advances there. I mean, yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, if if you if there's going to be a brain surgery, you might as well have you know a complete visibility and automation. And if you get to that point where you don't have to have a human drill a hole into your brain, you know, uh, and and a brain, you know, and a cobot can do it better because they have better visibility, they have better vision. And they have more accuracy and more consistent, you know, a way to do it in a repeatable fashion. I don't know. I would pick a cobot over a doctor. Absolutely right. I mean, you would think that the consistency is there. You know, it's tried, true, and it's worked, right? I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of that you take that the human element out of it, right? Um, yeah. But then, you know, you bring up a very good point. You know, with doctors and surgery, right? Yeah. At some point. Are they going to be really needing to get in there and use their hands? Or is this going to be a fully automated? You know, this is a very interesting thing. I mean, we started thinking about technology around surgery and applications. Mm-hmm. When, you can, when you can 3D scan the body. I mean, we have technology today, machining. Think about all the, you know, like even in the industrial applications, whether machining tools or designing different mm-hmm. components, 3D printing. You know, modeling and and designing and, yep. and digital twinning and different ways of the 3D platform. I mean, think about term. that exactly. Think about yeah. the 3D digital twin of the body of your own yeah. body, and the cobot knows you better. Of course, I mean they than have the doctor that you have that has three different doctors of specialties, but they cobot knows your body better than any of those doctors out there. And a body scan, right? Is a digital output yeah right and and a, and a digital output can be better read by a digital a system device. that can read right Absolutely. a system that can read digital data right and so yes. i mean you know today robotic surgery is is performed remotely uh, already which allows your best doctor to have a you know the best device regardless of where they're located and still be able to either perform or guide a, a surgical procedure so I, I don't know if you, I mean, it isn't going to be that far away that I see based on what I know, what I've seen, that some of these things are going to be automated, that a cobot could do this job better than a surgeon. And of course, a surgeon could overtake or kind of overpower the system at any point in time. But, you know, you look at aircrafts, 
you're on a cruise mode, right? Until uh, it comes to a point where, you know, a human is needed. But a lot of the times it is recommended that let, let the, that the plane take care of its own rather than a pilot try to jump in and, and try to save the plane because it's not needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, this to me, this is a quite interesting area because you start really talking about the the skills that is needed to be a surgeon of the future may just be, you know, the whole curriculum of them trying to be a supervisory role. Yeah. Right. Just like pilots. Um, you know, just just think about the applications where we've had human control being yeah overtaken by cobots slash robots yeah so we talked and about high skill jobs i'm sorry go ahead Finish. go ahead no no yeah absolutely no i think it, I it's one interesting twist to that though i think we talked about like highly skilled jobs but there's also very monot monotonous kind of low skill jobs where you cannot get people to do it because they don't pay well right in agriculture for example we know where cobot could be a better choice because it's the job that people don't want to do it's usually underpaid and it's in you know not the best of uh environments to work in and here you have a cobot who's ready to work 24 by 7. don't pay taxes mm -hmm. but i mean that gets me man you know it, it, they it's need very, to pay taxes the cobots need to pay taxes i think so they need to have a social security <laughs> they need to be able to vote what are you talking about here? i think Come so if, if they're going to be on their own i i want them to pay taxes but but, but this is this is a very this conversation goes farther than cobots. It goes into the actual societal norms that will be changing. As you know, we've listened to multiple different you know thought leaders out there, including um, one that I think both you and I have uh, you know some regard for, uh, Mr. Wang, Andrew Wang, uh, yep. uh, former presidential candidate. He brings this up very very frequently elon musk talks about some of these things and you know these are head these these are things that are coming and yeah. you know are we ready are we ready for what i don't think it matters need? whether we're ready or not it's coming you know that but that that, that goes to our our, our future um are we aware of what's what we're, what we're up against right as a society i think you know it's lack. there's lack of awareness i think uh Andrew uh, and others have tried to to kind of bring that to the awareness, right, uh, to to the uh, to the public, but it's still you know, a lot of people might look at it and say, "Hey, this is science fiction. It isn't going to happen that soon." It's still ways, you know, before that we would get there, but we know, having seen what we have seen, it's know, there. It's it's there. I mean, it's just you know, it's there are some time. variables that that they need to be. Time. Yeah, I mean, you know, even in self-driving cars, I mean. We're so close, uh, and of course there is that final frontier that that they need to cross. But we're so close, and look at look at a, a self-driving car and and how much uh, you know uh, you know obstacles they have to cross in order to drive around people safely, both the uh, the people they're transporting and people they're coming across on the, on the street. So if we can do that safely, for miles at a time, I mean, cobots doing a surgery is is not you know, far-fetched at all. It's a yeah. much more controlled environment. It is, absolutely. Yeah. And the so patient the isn't moving, is yeah. it? So, you, don't have yeah. a, you don't have a pedestrian jumping the, you know, jumping in front of you, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a stable patient that's it's potentially uh, still. 
right? Yeah. So, I mean, so I mean, if we think about that, right? Cobots, mm-hmm. robots. I mean, does it pose a risk, <laughs> or does it actually pose advancement? Risk to what? Risk to our everyday lives, right? Our future surgeons, future pilots, future mundane jobs. You mean risk to jobs. jobs? Yeah, the individual out there. I, I think this is true. I mean, this is my take, right? I think it is true that all automation, uh, regardless of the industry, transportation, airlines, you know, uh, healthcare, all automation is leading us to a point where humans can take on a much bigger role. And the machines take on a, a different set of tasks. You know, that's a very half glass full, <laughs> bigger role. I like the way you put it. I'm an optimist, man. What can I do? Role, not a lower role. <laughs> I can't predict future, but yeah. I can be an optimist. Well, I'll tell you what. With that, I, I we will exit with that. I like that. You know, you're an optimist. I'm an optimist. Glass half full, bigger role. I like that. So. That concludes our season two, episode 10 on Cobots. And we'd like to thank all of our viewers out there for the support. And you can find us on Digital Twin Podcast. Hari and Omar signing out for season two. We'll see you next season.